George Sedano, Tim Callishaw, David Dennis Jr., Bill Barnwell. We kind of needed this. Who says that after a loss? Who on this panel needs a 48-20 beatdown, huh? I can do it for you guys if you want. The Bills dominates the Dolphins' date with karma. And also another quote of the week. We were gassed. A lot of gas on this panel. Let's go around the horn. Riverboat Ron. Did he have to get back the nickname? Lazy River Ron now after not going for two oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Josh Allen's ownership of the Miami Dolphins continues. Maybe that was an overlooked headline when we previewed this and three quarters of the panel took Miami in this matchup. You're getting their mutes, national panel. What Buffalo did defensively to slow down the team that scored 70 and take away all their big plays. And then offensively, the best offense in this game, it belonged to Buffalo and it wasn't close. National panel, I gave you a game of cosmic and karmic consequence. The story of week four, Bills 48, Dolphins 20. What's the takeaway? Around the horn, George Sedano. Tony, the takeaway is that Josh Allen does own the Dolphins. To mention the stat that you didn't actually reveal, he's 10-2 and two against them, and he's had 12 straight games of two-plus touchdowns or more. That's the single most against any single opponent in NFL history. So there's that part of the equation. Then with the Bills' defense, they clogged the passing lanes for Tua. Miami's a timing type of offense. Whether it was hands up or just in the lanes getting there quickly, it created a big problem for Miami's timing with their passing game. But I am with Tyreek Hill. As a lifelong Dolphin fan, Tony, mm -hmm. I have seen a lot of Dolphins teams start off really fast in September and even in October, but fail miserably in December and January, including last year's team. So I actually think this is a good loss for them. They will face Buffalo again at the end of the season. I think Miami needed their comeuppance a little All right, so you agree. We kind of needed this, Tyreek Hill said. Bill Barnwell, did they need this? How do you see that? Sure. Absolutely not. They did not need this. The 72 Dolphins, the most famous team in football, the undefeated Dolphins who gather every year to celebrate their undefeated record. Do they ever sit down and say, you know what? We won a championship. We went undefeated all year, but we really would have been better with some early adversity. <laughs> we would have been much better off if we had gone 16 and 1 yeah. instead yeah. of 17 and 0. Oh, I love what the Bills did in this game. They took away the big plays from the Dolphins. Longest pass of the day, 23 yards to Alec Ingold, mm. who is the fullback of the Miami Dolphins. Two high safeties, Matt Milano clogging the middle of the field to George's point, yeah. took away some yeah. of the first reads. Hard to do if you're not the Bills defense, but at least some That's stuff what I was to aim for if you're someone Could it be a Bills. blueprint, or is it just because the Bills defense is special in that way? Hold that thought, Bill. Tim Kalishaw, around the horn to you. Your takeaway. I hate to say this. I think Sedano's on to something. The, the Miami <laughs> Dolphins do play <laughs> Buffalo at the end of the year in Miami. They play the Dallas Cowboys in Miami on December 24th. Those are huge games against big opponents in Miami. They've got time to figure out exactly what they need to do. I've mentioned Dallas because another defense that can disrupt what the Dolphins do uh, offensively. Now, yesterday, I, don't, I just don't think it's that big a deal. Buffalo was already a game behind. And Buffalo has owned Miami. If that game goes the other way and the Dolphins are two games out front, that's a much different situation from what we have now, a tie with the Dolphins still knowing they have all those weapons. They, have, they were down two offensive linemen against maybe the most disruptive defensive front in football, and the game got away from them. I don't think it was more than that. David Dennis Jr. 
even though Bill has won two of his first three appearances around the horn and could use a little bit of humbling, I'm going to have to agree with him here. They're, the problem with what the Dolphins were saying was after this game, they were talking about how they needed to lose this game. No, you need to win against a division rival when which you've lost 10 of the last 11 games and you haven't won in their stadium since 2016. You should go out there with the expectation to win and not treat this beatdown as if it was something that's good for your team. A lot of people are focusing on what the Bills' defense did to that Dolphins' offense. I still think that high-powered offense will right itself in most occasions. My concern here was that defense and the amount of points they, they let uh, uh, Buffalo score. Week one, they uh, the Chargers ran for 230-some yards on them, and now Kohu was victim Victimized by Diggs out there. I know Ramsey is coming back, but they looked bad that in that secondary. A match that defense that is something Buffalo they need to work about. down on and, and used it to just run up the score even. It was a non-game, a game we thought was going to be the game of the year. Bill, real quick, in any part of you thinking Miami got figured out a little bit? Uh, a, a base to work with off of. People don't have the same personnel the Bills do. So an idea, but an idea that's going to be hard to pull off for other teams. We've been horned. We'll move on. How the Eagles survived Washington. Barely. That's our next story. Washington scored in the last second. Double zeros on the clock. This was thrilling. But a decision. Kick for overtime or go to, for two to win the game right here on the road. Ron Rivera decided to kick. Reasoning for not going for two, he said his offense was gassed. In overtime, they couldn't get it done. And Philly wins. Bill Barnwell, where does we were gassed land as an explanation and strategy as far as analytics say? What does the analytics say about gas is what I want to know. I plugged it into my formula, Tony. It came out, the hell with being gassed is what I came mm-hmm. out of my computer when I plugged in those numbers. You look at what, what both sides have happened here. They both played a long drive late right. in the fourth quarter. Both teams were gassed. Eagles did have one timeout left, but if they use a timeout, guess what? Your offense also gets to rest for that minute. And when you are an underdog, you want to shorten the game. You don't want to extend the game because you want to have variance play into your hands as opposed to playing against you. And the commanders were eight and a half point underdogs in this game. Mm-hmm. David Dennis Jr., we were gassed. Does that land for you? Rivera saying we'll play for overtime instead of trying to win it outright? Paddleboat Ron has to come up with a better excuse than we were gassed. Like, you know what happens if you kick that that, uh, extra point? You play another quarter of football, and that offense goes right back out there and plays a bunch of more plays. Like, that excuse makes no sense to me. Also, didn't go for it for fourth and short in that very same overtime. Like, you you have a nickname of somebody who goes for it for a reason. You're playing a better team, and you have a chance to have the, a lead in that in that division, and you blew it with that so decision there you go. and made it worse by the explanation. You want to take the nickname back. I, I'm with you there. Tim Callis, show to you. If we're making a list of Ron Rivera mistakes, I would still go back to last year when he pointed out he didn't know the team could have been eliminated on that week 17 when he played Carson Wentz. That, that's when he should have become Niagara Falls in a barrel, Ron. Give him any nickname you want. That should have done it. Now, yesterday, uh, I can see why he did it. They're gas, but doesn't that mean the same for the Eagles' defense? You've scored 30 points on him. You've moved up and down the field. I just I agree with Bill. If you're the underdog in that situation, go for it. Nobody's going to fault you even if it fails. I agree with Bill. You guys are giving the rookie free points here when you do that. George Sedano. Any part of you think, well, Washington, I mean, they play Philly tough. They did last year. It's the only loss Justin, uh, Jalen Hurts excuse me, has in the last two years. Any thought thinking he had this? 
No, Tony. I think this excuse is kind of stinky, this whole gassed situation with the Washington Commanders. I look at this and I say to myself, what are you doing here if you're him? You you faced... (laughs) Stinky cheese now. Limburger, yeah. All right. Yeah, Yeah, listen. Jalen Hurts, five straight games where he's been down double digits. He's come back to win. Do you know how many times he's done that against Ron Rivera and the Commanders? Three times. So you would think that knowing you're on the road, you faced a guy who you've beat, who's who you've had a lead against, double-digit leads against three straight times, and he's come back to beat you. You would just say, you know what? We gotta go for the win. The adage itself on the road is to go for the win. Don't extend the game any further because you're not the better team. Unless he somehow believes he's the better team, which I don't know if I buy that. That's the only reason to kick it and go into overtime. I'm picking up what you're all putting down, but I want to see if it holds up to the test here. And this next topic, Bears-Broncos. Justin Fields had a breakout, then had a breakdown. A killer turnover, but here we are again. A coaching call to be diagnosed the day after. Matt Eberflus plan. It was the opposite of Rivera, right? A field goal would have taken the lead. He tried to go for the kill here. Fourth down, beat four clock, and end the game with the ball. It backfired, and that's what set up Denver's game-winning field goal. You just killed Rivera, David. I assume you'll praise Eberflus here. Hmm? Uh, absolutely not. Different circumstances. <laughs> 100 Totally different circumstances. Let's talk about the game in totality. While Miami and Buffalo did not live up to the hype, this game lived up to the hype as a pure disaster, dumpster fire, calamity for three. It was like three hours of watching a real housewife show. Everything went wrong, and it was hilarious. You saw that, ju- that the Denver Broncos, the worst DVOA of all time, turned Justin Fields into Tom Brady, 23 or 24, for the first part of that game. And then the Bears summarily blew the game by just making terrible decisions, including that field goal kick. You have a chance with Justin Fields to have him lead the team down the field for a game-winning field goal, and not only do you not go for that field goal, you run a play that everybody sees coming. It is out of the shotgun at fourth and one, and it is easy to stop. That is a coaching calamity that is befitting of what the Bears have been giving us for these Bill, last Bill, I want to turn to you. I mean, the analytics here. Talk me through this, and you can quibble with the play call. Sure, for sure. But the decision to try to win the game outright by getting a first down and killing the rest of the clock. Tony, this hurts me to say as an analytics nerd because everyone expects us to want to go for every single fourth and one. But the official position of ESPN Stats and Info, who I do not work for, but I read their stuff, ESPN Stats and Info said the Bears should have kicked the field goal in this situation. Regardless of what the numbers say, though, I think we can all agree if you are going to go forward in fourth and one, Go for it when you line up the first time. And the Broncos don't know if you're going to go for it. Maybe they're just afraid of not jumping. Their defensive line's a little stagnant. You can run forward then. Don't call a timeout and then send your offense back out on the field because then everybody knows you're not just trying to stop the ball and you are actually going George Dano. Tony, this, we're not quibbling about the play call. You have one of the biggest, strongest quarterbacks in the entire National Football League. We've seen this trend. We've seen it with the Eagles. We were just talking about this tush-push thing, okay? And you're running this out of the shotgun? What are you doing? If you're going to run that play, give yourself a chance to succeed in that scenario. But at the very least, if you're going to do that, you might as well kick the field goal. But they have a bigger problem in Chicago, Tony. Matt Eberflus is completely in over his head. If you watch that post-game press conference, forget about the question that we're discussing at the moment. The whole Chase Claypool situation, 
situation. He didn't know how to handle that. This is like the blind leading the blind. The Bears haven't won in nearly a calendar year, Tony. This is a big organizational systemic failure of this franchise. Show, is there anything to add after Sedano just dropped that on the Bears? Please. Yeah, I mean, you're playing against, as has been pointed out, a legendarily bad defense. Worst ever, according to DVOA. You want to be able to gain a yard, but I wouldn't run it straight into the line. That, that was just, uh, I agree, they shouldn't have called the timeout. Let Fields get the yard. You, you gained 471 yards against this team. You ought to be able to get to 472 and put the game Sedano, over. Sedano 24, Kalashaw 21, Dennis Jr. 26, and Bill Barnwell 24. That's our break right here. Buy or sell on the other side. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Boston Celtics trading for Drew Holiday is our NBA news of the weekend. Don't need to go far for this story. George Sedano to you. Buy or sell Boston, leapfrogging the Bucks, and the move they just made for Lillard. With the move to get the X-Buck, Milwaukee traded for Lillard. Tony, I'm buying the Drew Holiday portion of this offseason for the Celtics because I think he's a better offensive player than Marcus Smart and I would say equal, maybe just slightly less than defensively, but I don't love their offseason in general. I don't love the Porzingis move. He takes shots away from Tatum and Brown. I feel like they're going less defense, more offense. Don't love it necessarily overall. So you're selling. Tim Kalisho, you. No, I'm going to buy this. I questioned the Porzingis move when it cost him Marcus Smart. But as George just po- pointed out, they kind of brought Marcus Smart back in this deal, and now they're getting Porzingis for free. They've traded impor- or traded or lost through free agency. Important depth players, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, and others. So it's going to be a different team, but I like what he did. Dennis Jr.? I'm buying Portland, giving the middle finger to Miami, being so offended by how they've handed the Dame Lillard <laughs> thing that they made their competitors better. They made Boston and Milwaukee better for the next few years. I think the Celtics are not better than the Bucks here because I still have questions about the health of that front line with Horford and Porzingis, but I do think that Holiday is an upgrade from Smart. And Bill Barnwell. I'm selling. I understand the logic on paper. You're bringing in a great defensive guard to replace Marcus Smart. 
But to, to David's point, I, I think the health here is an issue. I think on paper they look great, but you have Porzingis who's missed a ton of time for pretty much his entire career. Al Horford in his late 30s, now Drew Holiday in his mid-30s, about to get an extension. I just don't know if this is going to play out as well in reality as it looks on paper because those guys might not be available. George. Real quick, you seem to suggest that Smart and Holiday are even, that this isn't an upgrade. You, you think Holiday's defense no. is falling off a little bit? I, I think Holiday's defense is not as good as Smart's, in my opinion, uh, although offensively he's got a higher ceiling. But he does – he is older, and you're going to have to pay him, to Bill's point. So I, I think that's part – to me, the bigger question mark is Porzingis. Porzingis is never really healthy. I know he was healthy last year in Washington. That, to me, is the biggest question mark. Plus, he's taking shots away from your two best offensive players. We'll move on. Back to the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, two picks. About the ugliest we've ever seen him throw. Could have been three, if not the holding call on Sauce Gardner. That penalty was Casey's biggest play of the second half. They barely beat the Jets last night. Tim Kalashaw, what was last night? KC 23, Jets 20 about for you. For me, really, it was about Zach Wilson's play and, and establishing himself and showing he can move the ball, even diving for a touchdown uh, uh, there. Yes, he made a, he made a bad mistake on dry, trying to get out of, the, out of the shotgun too soon and dropping a snap, but I think his teammates can trust he's at least on the right track now. That gives the Jets a chance. David Dennis Jr.? Last night was an indictment of Salah and the Jets and what they're doing with Zach Wilson, the choice they're making. Zach Wilson essentially gave one good quarter of football and one great drive where he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But overall, you can get that from somebody who's better and more consistent. So their insistence on sticking with him is, is a, you know, going to doom their season. Okay. I know. I mean, but this was a game he had more productive numbers than Mahomes. That's your takeaway when he played his best game. Bill Barnwell to you. I think it's an indictment of the Chiefs and the moves they made this offseason to improve their offensive line. Or they have a tackle who can't stop holding and a tackle who can't line up on the line of scrimmage. And for all the talent they have on offense for Mahomes and Kelsey, they don't have the infrastructure to have those guys play out and extend plays. So they got away with the holding very late in that game that wasn't called. If that continues to get called, the Chiefs are going to have to hit third and 25 week after week. George Sedano. Tony, that was uh, a hold. There's no question about it. He grabbed the, the pad, guard. so that was okay. an obvious call yeah. to me. Um, but the Chiefs are playing a dangerous game here. The, the Patriots did this with Brady, where all of a sudden, less and less skilled position players that they're paying, and all of a sudden, there's more and more on the quarterback. I feel like that's what the Chiefs are doing with Patrick Mahomes. You're talking on the Sauce Gardner play. That's definitely a hold on the defensive. But yes. Bill was talking about on Mahomes' second oh, key sorry. Yes, long that was also run, the yes. hold <laughs> on the offensive yeah. line that went uncalled. We'll move on. C.J. Stroud's fantastic start continues. He's lapping the field on the other rookie quarterbacks, and the Texans worked the Steelers yesterday. Bill Barnwell, what do you buy? What do you sell from that? Buy C.J. Stroud playing well, but I'm selling on the Steelers' defense, something we don't normally do. They're getting pressure at a below-average rate, and when they don't get pressure, they're the third-worst defense in football by pass yards allowed per dropback. So four free agents imported into the secondary. Those guys are not meshing well. And the Steelers, if they can't defend, they don't have the offense to win games right now. I'm buying C.J. Stroud as the real deal. Second most yards through four games for a rookie quarterback uh, ever behind Cam Newton. He hasn't thrown an interception yeah. yet, which is, you know, that passed the record for most passes without throwing one. This guy looks like the real deal. He's controlling the pocket. Third down conversion rate is through the roof. He seems like he can carry this Texans way further than we thought at the beginning of the season. 
Yeah, when the college season ended last year, we didn't know if Stroud, we didn't know if he was going to go one or two. And and right now he should have gone one. We don't know how that's going to play out over time. But he, the job he's doing without that much of a run game compared to what they've had before, it's all on him to carry that team. They've already beaten Jacksonville once. They're going to compete for that division title. Tony Stroud was playing with a bunch of pros at Ohio State that has translated, and not only is he doing it at a high level, he's got a pair of 300-yard games with two touchdowns. Only Mahomes and Burrow have done that, and he's doing it with a mash unit of an offensive line, a ton of injuries along the offensive line. Tim Kalashaw, David Dennis Jr. That's good for the scoring average today, the PPG, but not for showdown. Sedano Barnwell, two enter, only one leaves. Next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Around the Horn is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. The worst loss of Bill Belichick's career. Mac Jones benched in the 38-3 L to the Cowboys. Belichick said there was no point in leaving him in. George, how do you hear the existential Belichick? What's the point? Tony, there's no point because they're scoring the least amount of points that they've had in the first four games in Bill Belichick's career since his first season. 55 total points. you got to go back to the first year of Bill Belichick there. And Mac Jones, he may be having buyer's remorse at this point. Mm-hmm. Bill. The, ex- the existential crisis of watching Mac Jones play hero ball. That interception thrown across his body to the opposite side of the field. A fumble as a scrambler. Mac Jones is having to play out of his game because the Patriots don't have any playmakers for him. Once they fall behind, that's a different team. That's a tough team to have a comeback with the way they're presently constituted. We'll split the point. We'll move on. The Bengals burning themselves in an underground home fit for Rodentia. Can't find the word for that. Burrow under 200 yards again. The Bengals, they're going to need to race from behind to have any hope this year. Can't think of the word for that. Chase, disgruntled. Nah, I'm open. I'm always open. Bill, is this more than just Burrow's calf at one and three? Could these Bengals be done? I think they are. They can't pass protect for Burrow, even given his calf issues. They can't do anything out of empty, which has been Burrow's strength, and the secondary can't hold up in coverage. Tony, the injury is so bad that he's had over 150 attempts, and he's had under five yards per attempt. Yeah. That's the first quarterback in NFL history to yeah. throw for that least amount it of yards per so attempt. It is so clear that something is not right, right? It's so clear. George Sedano, 30 seconds of FaceTime. Thank you, Tony. I'm glad I was able to stop the dynasty of Bill Barnwell here for a few moments <laughs> in this particular show. Uh, congratulations to the Fighting McVeighs. Everyone wrote them off. They are 2-1 and one on the road, 2-2 two and two overall. By the way, they were 1-7 and seven on the road last year. But shout-out to Puka Nakua, who was a guest on the George Sedano and Scott Kaplan radio show on ESPN Los Angeles. In his first four games of this season, 35 receptions, over 500 yards. Only Jimmy Smith, Wes Welker. And Jim, Jimmy Smith, Wes Welker, and Reggie Wayne have done that. Did you congratulate him Sorry. for being on your radio show or for his great start? 
Both.